Welcome back to another episode of Making It Work in Montana. My name is David Boy and I'm your host. I've owned Black Diamond Mortgage for over 10 years and I enjoy interviewing people who've made exceptional lives here in Montana. And today is uh, going to be a treat. The guest we have has uh, excelled in many areas of life right here from Montana. And her accomplishment that you might recognize the most is her mountain bike competing. So today I have with me Rose Grant, and among her accomplishments are a five-time mountain bike marathon national champion from 2014 to 17 and in 2019. She's been a four-time cross-country world championship national team member from 2015 to 2017 and in 2019. She's been on the Pan American national team in 2018 and in 2019, she won the Leadville 100. So our guest today is Rose Grant. Welcome, Rose. Thank you, David. If you could, just to help people get acquainted with you, tell us about like where you're born and then how did you end up living in Montana as a competitive mountain biker? Just give us a quick overview of that journey. I was born in Northern California. My parents lived a very simple life. I have four brothers. They moved to Northwest Montana when I was nine. So I do consider myself a Montanan. Uh, That's where I remember growing up. And um, again, just lived a simple life there. My dad owned a trout hatchery. My mom was a stay-at-home mom and we all homeschooled and we skied deep powder in the winter. We backpacked in the summer. I spent a lot of my my summer days on the back of a horse, um, just enjoying. We always just enjoyed the outdoors growing up. I wasn't in a super competitive family. However, I did always have a competitive drive, and athletics was a natural uh, space for me to excel. So... Um, yeah, mountain biking really found me a little bit later in life is kind of how I describe it because uh, it just fell in my lap for the most part. I ran a lot. Uh, I did mountain bike some when I was younger and high school age and when I went to college and post-college. Um, I ran more for convenience and just uh, it was just simpler and that's where I got I got into running more. I ran the Boston Marathon in 2017. 2007. Um, but I always fought some injuries. So when I was in my late twenties, uh, recovering from some of those injuries, I was reintroduced to getting on my bike, riding more. Um, and it just sprung that spark in me that I realized how much I loved it and missed it and did some local racing here at uh, whitefish mountain. Um, after returning, uh, you know, college out of state. Um, my husband's from Maine, so lived there for a short time, um, returned to Montana. Uh, so I was racing a little bit just for fun, give myself something to do as I was recovering from some of those overuse running injuries and just did well, um, at those races and had realized that maybe that I actually had somewhere I could go. I had some talent on my side and the sportsman ski house cycling team invited me to join uh, them. And through that, it really opened my world to mountain biking and that there was um, potential to go on there. Awesome. Well, that's a great introduction. 
I remember actually meeting you um, probably back in like 2008. You were a, a teller at Rocky Mountain Bank, and you had mentioned that you were into mountain biking. And then it seemed like a few years later, I started seeing you in all the headlines. So it was pretty impressive to see that you had uh, emerged at that level. Uh, why don't you tell us real quick? Uh, I listed a few accomplishments, and I got a chance to review your website and uh, some other things but tell us like uh, so far in your career what are the accomplishments that you're the most proud of on the competitive side of uh, mountain biking well i mean the accomplishments are i guess a highlight and the leadville 100 is definitely one of those um to be able to to race that and it's a renowned event uh, I think a lot of the accomplishments that I place a lot of value in don't necessarily have a number, such as coming back from injuries multiple times, um, birth, childbirth, um, and some of those things that it's you don't really put a, a number on as far as the race result. Um, yeah, there's a lot of accolades and resumes and um, championships and things like that that I am definitely proud of, but those are just... Um, those are just, that just, I guess that's the visible part of a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. Well, if you want to check it out, uh, rose-grant.com and, uh, her Instagram handle is at Rose K Grant and also on Facebook, but there's, there's a lot more accomplishments. So, uh, a humble answer to that question. That's awesome. Um, so that is actually one of the topics, though, that I wanted to get into. So if you wouldn't mind, when I was asking people about what, what I should be talking to you about, um, a lot of women that I'm friends with or that are employees of mine or people that I know want to know how it is to be um, you know, a world-class mom, a world-class wife, and a world-class mountain bike competitor. So maybe if you could enlighten us a little bit on how you navigate all those different things. Wow. Well, I don't know that I would categorize myself as a world-class mom and wife and athlete, um, but that's flattering. I, I know that the balance is really challenging and to maintain all those at a high level takes a lot of discipline, balance, and perspective and um, just kind of doing the best you can. A lot of days I feel like I'm struggling <laughs> to find that balance and um, you know, there's always just the natural tendency to, to have guilt um, when you're away from your kids for training or um, having to say no to family time at times, but then also really prioritizing that into the schedule as well. So scheduling for me is really key. And when the guilt pushes in to realize that it is okay to embrace your individuality and your natural abilities, your, your talents. I think pursuing your talents is really important and it's almost a responsibility. Um, we have been given those talents as a gift and to nurture those is, it's a really positive, good thing for all of us. Um, but scheduling that family time, scheduling that one-on-one time with your kids and, um, yeah, scheduling in training as if it is, you know, if it's a priority of part of where you spend your time. So at your household, do you guys have to occasionally talk about that? Like how the schedule is going to be in order for you to have the time that you need to do everything? 
Oh, all the time. Yeah, my husband and I are are constantly like on a daily basis, probably planning for the next day. And that's more on me. Um, Nelson is more fly by the uh, seat of his pants kind of guy. And if it works out, it works out. But I'm very structured and for something to, in, you know, for me to make something happen, I do have to put arrangements in place so that it's going to happen. Um, yeah, so we scan, I, I usually schedule out a week in advance. I have all my training laid out usually two weeks in ahead so that I can schedule childcare if I need it, things like that. So maybe just give us a feel because I've done some mountain biking, nothing like what you've done, but um, it, it takes a little bit of time to do uh, enough mountain biking to be able to, um, you know, ride at the level that you do. So give us an example, like in a week, you know, how many hours you spend on the bike and how many hours you spend doing a few of the other things. It varies, but I, I think on average 12 to 17 hours a week in the saddle is pretty accurate. And then, you know, maybe two hours of strength work, an hour of strength work um, if you do 30-minute sessions. Um, And a lot of that is just real functional strength, balance work. You're kind of firing the just those micro-muscle groups. Um, Yeah, so it's definitely a time commitment. And then, you know, that's just time in the saddle. So that doesn't include you know, bike maintenance, getting ready, recovering, um, and, you know, just having the mental and emotional focus to be able to go out and, uh, do your workouts too. So one of the things that was also interesting is you, you started to excel at mountain biking at a high level, um, right about the time that you had your first child, correct? But you had been competing in a lot of sports, and I had talked to a couple of the ladies in my life, and they want to know about what what it's like to you know have an athletic um, career or to be excelling at sports, and then to have a baby, and then to get back into doing that again. And maybe you could talk about that a little bit. Sure, I got pregnant at the beginning of my career. I hadn't been on a structured training plan for long. And so I was building. So when I got pregnant, I continued to ride unstructured um, based on how I felt. And then being pregnant through the winter, did some Nordic skiing and running and whatever really felt good for me. Um, And then after I had my daughter, it was March, I was able to get back on the bike fairly quickly and I kind of picked up where I had left off, kind of continuing that build since I was relatively still new to the sport. Um, and I do just have the one, my one daughter, but um, I don't want to say for sure that I'm done having children. So, um, you know, it's just something that I think about moving forward as well. And maybe it's a little harder even now, having reached this point in my career where I am now, as to where I was before, where I had no real expectations, not knowing where my career would take me um, and being really brand new to it. Whereas now I, I've been to some pretty amazing places. I've experienced some pretty amazing things. And having a second, you know, it's easy to question, like, how is having another child going to affect 
the rest of my life in, in the in the career that I have built. But at a minimum, if somebody <clears throat> used to be a great athlete and then they had children, um, and then they think about the idea of getting back into competitive sports, um, but maybe they haven't done it like you did, um, what's your advice? Uh, having kids will never be a hindrance physically. I think, um, you know, as long as there aren't major complications, um, getting your fitness back, getting your, you know, that ability to perform back, um, is definitely, it's definitely there. And there is such a thing as like mom strength too. I think it is real. Um, I know one thing that I've, I've noticed as a mother is I'm a, uh, and I've grown, I've grown more this way. I think maybe not quite right at first, but also with age is I'm not as willing to take risks knowing that I've had some injuries, knowing that, you know, I am responsible for some lives that go beyond just me. So I'm not quite the risk taker that I was when I was younger. That That's interesting. And, but you're also a competitive mountain biker. So risk is definitely a relative thing. If you're good at it, then it might not be risky. Where some people might think just getting on a mountain bike and riding it is, is risky. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also kind of interpreted in some of what you said that uh, earlier you mentioned your schedule being really disciplined and probably that's a big part of post having a child being able to succeed as an athlete is to have that discipline in your schedule because you could probably spend a lot more time uh, being a mom like just the little things that maybe aren't that important you know having a really structured schedule would you say that helps you uh, be able to do it now that you're a mom uh, having a structured schedule yeah for sure I've always function better with uh, a schedule and um, just being able to check things off a list so yeah for me it it guarantees that the things that are important are going to get done so i i want to talk about the injuries because in your life that's a huge part of uh, your career as a mountain bike racer so so go ahead and tell us what injuries you've had and had to recover from and then uh have a few follow-up questions yeah, I was pretty injury-free the first few years of my professional career. And then in 2016, at the end of the season, I tore my ACL um, in August. And that was the beginning of uh, just kind of a journey of injuries that I had to deal with. So really, my only consistent racing was after I'd had my daughter until that end of the 2016 season when I tore my ACL. So that was a six month, you know, initial recovery. I was able to do that recovery through the winter. Um, and Tyla Duke at Stillwater Spine and Sports Center has been a huge resource in me being able to overcome all of my injuries. Um, I went back to racing in 2017 and with really good fitness, really strong, um, and pretty much just uh, yeah, entered entered at a high level, but uh, a couple crashes. I dislocated my shoulder. So 2017 was more about just staying afloat with my shoulder and trying to keep it in socket. However, it got loose enough that it would come out during riding if I hit a bump or a transition or anything that jarred it just right it just pop out a socket um 
And so that was a pretty big issue. Um, but I rehabbed it through the winter of 2017 going into 2018. Um, was really trying to avoid having surgery. And when I entered the race season in the spring of 2018, I, my first, one of my, couple of my first races back was the Pan American Championships. <clears throat> I was in Columbia, South America, and I'd had issues with my shoulder and pre-ride. Um, you know, those cross-country race courses are very demanding. There's a lot of jumps. There's a lot of rugged terrain. And it really puts your body through the test, unlike, you know, winter training at home is typically either indoors or on the pavement outside if the weather permits. So I wasn't able to test it. Um, so at Pan American Championships, it was a really big issue, but in addition, I had crashed during the race and broke my fibula. So 2018 became all about recovery. Um, I had my fibula plated in April of 2018 and following that recovery in June I had my shoulder repaired so that that put me out of the racing for the season there um and injuries there's there's so much to learn through those uh unlike um yeah like I think just being healthy I appreciate my health so much and even though we're not racing currently, um, when you're sidelined from being injured, it's, it can feel very lonely. Everyone else's lives go on as normal. And you're kind of stuck in this space that had really, I think my, my biggest takeaway from my seasons of injury is just, uh, I guess, rooting, rooting my roots much deeper than my identity to racing and results. Um, because when the bottom falls out of that, you have to have something else. So see if we can drill a little bit more. Um, I'm trying to imagine being at the top of my game in a sport. You know, in my case, I was a ski racer and I, I lucked out. I didn't get injured, but I also didn't get to the level that you did in mountain biking. Um, so I never had to go through the experience of like, you know, having the best race of my life or anything like that. And then, and then having like an injury that could end it depending on how I approached it. So tell us a little bit about the psychological journey that you go through, you know, right when you get injured and then, and right after, and it must be some kind of like a process you have to go through mentally to get all, cause it looks like you just described all those injuries at the you know, Pan American. And then, and then you went on to win the Leadville 100 so you went through a, quite the mental process. Can you elaborate a little bit about what that process was like from the day you were injured until all the way back? Absolutely. It is a, it's a, it's a grieving process. I mean, you're grieving loss of your body. You're le- grieving loss of a lot of work that had been put into the books in preparation for a season. Um, you're grieving loss of racing and being surrounded by that community. And so initially it was shocking. Um, yeah, I mean, and it was, it was a dark space for me. Absolutely. Um, more so after, you know, the ACL thing was tough, but then when I broke my, my fibula and my shoulder, um, you know, it's easy to, it's, it's, you, you ask you ask the hard questions. Why am I doing this? And you have to find reason. 
and it has to be beyond a race result. Because like David said, tell us about the process. Racing is a process. It's not necessarily about an end result. There is There are goals along the way, but it's the journey and there's so much to learn through that space. Um, so you, it's a grieving process. You're grieving that loss. Um, I think surrendering to that situation was a really big turning point for me to just surrender to this is what happened. This is where I'm at. This is the space that I have to work with and how do I move forward and just putting that best foot forward, um, on a daily basis, like doing your rehab, doing the things that you can do, spending quality time with people in your life that are important. Um, just, I realized that I could stay home all summer and I really enjoyed it. Once I got to a point of acceptance um, of my situation and then rising through that, just working hard every day. When I went back to racing after sitting out an entire season and off season, when I went back to racing in 2019, so a year ago, I was not performing. I was not the athlete that I had remembered being. Racing felt hard. I felt slow. I just really struggled for the first few months of the season, um, finding results, um, you know, and putting, finding value in who you are outside of what a race results tells you is incredibly important. And I really had to do that. I really had to dig deep and just trust that process. Um, give myself the value of who I am. A race result does not tell the story. You know, it does not show what, what you've been through and sticking with it. And I stuck with it. I, tr I trained as hard as I could, tried to do everything to a T and there was a turning point and it took until June. And that turning point was the Carson city off-road. I won a pretty big race and it was, um, you know, it was a long time coming, but, um, I was, I surprised myself too. It was just, uh, it was just really refreshing to realize that I was still, I was still there. I was still in it. I could still do it. And, and that was everything. It wasn't, it wasn't the top box, but it was just how important it is to keep going and putting, putting your head down, keep trying, keep showing up. Even when, you know, you don't know, you don't know what the end, end result's going to look like. So I think you've highlighted that a lot of excelling in sports is in the head. And I think, um, would you agree that you're at the highest level of your mountain biking, but without the body that you had when you were young, 20, but you're actually riding the whole package is better now. Can I articulate that? Like, how is that working for you right now? Yeah. I mean, my injuries are you know they they nag in the background and in my late 30s now you know I do still feel them the aches and pains are a little different than when I was in my 20s um you know and, and every you know everything does change but um having the mental fortitude um having the experience in the body having years of base um 
you know, I just am, I'm, I'm, I'm a more confident person. Um, I'm a stronger person in general. And I think, you know, being young, I think there's something so beautiful about being young and naive and just going for it, whatever it is, just going for it. Maybe not really pretty much thought into it. You're just kind of doing it. And if it hadn't been for, for that, for me, when I was younger, just camping with an infant and things that kind of sound outlandish right now, um, you know, I wouldn't have ever gotten where I am now. So there's, there's beauty in all those stages, but, um, I'm definitely, I am happy to be, just have that experience behind me, be more mature. Um, and as an athlete, I just think that I have a platform too, to, to just, yeah, a lot of, a lot of my peers are much younger than I am. And, um, yeah, you know, they're, they're in a completely different mental space. And ha- being a parent, too, teaches, teaches a lot about life and depth of life. And um, it's a beautiful thing. And um, I feel grateful that I've been able to experience both. And, and I'm not talking to somebody who is now reliving, looking back over her career like it's over. So what are your goals for the next year or two in mountain bike racing? Yeah, I think, you know, I've, I've kind of, this this season of the COVID-19 has been interesting because I feel in a sense that I've always had a kind of fight for my my race seasons um, since they've been inconsistent for the last several years with uh, injuries Um, and now I'm healthy and still not able to race so it's hard to say and honestly I am I'm not completely sure what racing looks like over the next few years for me I, I see myself gravitating towards the longer events, marathon, um, and po- po- potentially 100 milers. Gravel racing has really um, become popular as well, so possibly some gravel racing. And um, I haven't completely gotten into this yet, but I do foresee myself getting my coaching certificate and starting doing some coaching on the side as well. So definitely planning on uh, staying active and competing and seeing how far you can go. Yes. And uh, Rose uh, wants to extend. I was reading uh, Rose's website and some of her uh, material, but maybe we could just conclude here. But you've kind of mentioned on your uh, website and other places that you're, you're also interested in helping other women. Maybe just conclude by giving us a little bit of uh, what, what you would like to be available if people want to reach out to you on Instagram or whatever and kind of follow your journey, um, your goals for other women and, and what you're trying to pass on. Yeah, I definitely have a heart for, for us gals and especially the moms out there that are trying to find that balance, find uh, pursuing their talents and their individuality and um, just finding that wholeness and that fulfillment in, in all those areas. Um, I haven't... You know, I haven't done it perfect, um, but I definitely do have a heart for for you moms and you you gals. So um, I think, too, you know, we as females tend to struggle a little bit more in just being confident women. And, um, and so I think, you know, that's an area, too, where almost it's kind of had to be 
reassured to me over and over like oh you are worthy like you you are doing a good job uh, you know when I when I'm doubting um, you know it's it's something that just finding that confident piece of, of who we are is is very beautiful um, so you can feel free to reach out to me through social media um, Instagram I get those messages at Rose K Grant um, and or through my website as well you can contact me through my website too well thank you rose so we were today with rose grant a world-class mountain biker a mother and a wife and she has uh, an amazing story and she's demonstrated that you can be in montana and be on the world stage you can get injured and get back onto the world stage and you can do all kinds of things and uh, and still get back on top of your game. So it was a great interview. Thanks for the advice. And uh, this is Making It Work in Montana. Uh, Rose, again, is available on Instagram at, at Rose K. Grant. And her website's rose-grant.com. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.